Hey there, future fans. This week, we win the science fair, we kill a joke, and once a universal soldier, always a universal soldier. This is the week of March 1st, 2019, and this is episode 124 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right new week new movies new news and new trailers i bring it all with me for your listening pleasure let's not waste any time and i'll jump into the opening housekeeping and a little bit about the show so what is this what are you listening to well this is called a podcast that's right they're still around and some say stronger than ever if you know enough people you probably know someone who has a podcast well this is mine I am Billiam, and this is Future Flicks with Billiam, and on this show, we go over every movie that's coming out during the week, and then we do other things, like we talk about movie news that has happened since the last episode, any new trailers that have dropped since the last episode, and then when we talk about the movies, we do it in two ways. First, we talk about the limited releases, those are movies that aren't getting a wide release, and also didn't seem that interesting to me. They can still be good. But the trailers didn't do enough to sell it for me, so they get stuck in the limited section where I only tell you the name, what it's about, and who's in it. Sometimes I'll say a couple words about it, uh, make a comment here or there, uh, but usually that's it. And then we go into the wide releases and interesting indie section, which is for, you guessed it, wide releases and any indies that I thought were worth a look. Or maybe I had so much bad stuff to say about it that I decided to put it in this section just so I can bitch extra long. Well, in this section, we tell you the movie's name, what it's about, who's in it, and then I tell you my thoughts on it, and then we wrap that all up with a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible, terrible films to an 11 for those films that turn it up that extra notch. Then we wrap it up with the question of the week, and then I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and whatever podcast you happen to subscribe to. And how do you find me? Well, somehow you have done it. Somehow you have stumbled upon Future Flicks with Billiam, so yay for you. It is a momentous occasion, but you can find me in other ways like iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com, and the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page, though to be honest, the Facebook page will just link you to the website. And how do you get in contact with me? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can comment on Facebook or the Somewhat Nerdy website. And you can also email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Well, we actually have a lot of movies this week. We have about 19 movies. So that's one reason I did a little quicker opening and introduction and show notes, not show notes, and um, housekeeping and all that stuff, just because I don't want it to run too long. I like to try and keep the show under an hour. For those of you who have been with me for a while, you'll remember when the show was half an hour, but we have, we, we've grown since then. We really have. And I think we've grown into something better. I, I really do. I like what the show
show is now. I think this is the best version of the show so far. We have nowhere to go but up. And when we have issues like we did when I tried to have Walker on the show, I just consider that a hiccup instead of a downward uh, downward movement. No, we, we only go up on this show. So let us jump into our first segment, which as always is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. This first story comes to us from The Independent, and this tells us something that we should have assumed, but now it is official. Gwyneth Paltrow will be leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Avengers Endgame comes out. So, in theory, she has already done everything she's going to do for the MCU and is already gone. Why did I say that we can kind of assume this? Well, this is going to be the last movie for a lot of people. Officially the last movie for Captain America, but the future of some of the others is a little more uncertain. We know Black Widow's gonna get her own movie, but what does the future hold for Tony, for Hulk, Thor, for Hawkeye? What does the future hold for the rest of the group? Well, we will see, but all we do know is that no matter what happens to Tony at the end of Iron Man, Gwyneth Paltrow will no longer be in the series. And remember, this doesn't necessarily tell us anything, really. She could 100% survive. He could 100% survive. She just walks away, just like Natalie Portman's character from Thor uh, never died. She just, they, they just parted ways. And while I do really like Natalie Portman as an actress, I I'm glad. I don't think that was the right role for her. She wasn't bad. She was good in Thor. I liked her character. Thor 1, Thor 2, she was really good. But I think for a character with longevity, I think it would have been better if she was actually a hero of some sort. I think that would have been better for her. But as for Gwyneth Paltrow, she seemed happy with what she did, and now she seems to be walking away. Next up in the news, this comes from sci-fi.com. It's not really news. This is usually the type of story I skip over because it doesn't tell us anything about a movie that's coming out. It's all speculation about what could have been, but I just thought this one was interesting, especially because we're getting so many new Avatar movies in the coming years. So James Cameron reveals that both Chris Evans and Channing Tatum were on the short list to play Jake Sully. We all know that the role eventually went to Sam Worthington, and it actually helped boost his career. If you remember back then, for a while, he was like the new hotness. He was going to be big sh**. And now he's he's still respectable. He does good roles. I mean, let's let's look at his IMDb. What has he done recently? Uh, he's done The Shack, which I, I sh** upon as a movie, but it was a, it was a big film, or big-ish film. He was in Hacksaw Ridge. He was in Everest. For a while, he was being groomed, it felt like, to be the next big action star. And now he's... I mean, he, like I said, he's respectable, but maybe the coming Avatar films will will push him back up into the spotlight. But tell me, do you think Chris Evans or Channing Tatum would have been better in the role? Well, the next story comes to us from IndieWire, and this one I just added in the news because I thought it was stupid. So apparently there's some dude who started a Kickstarter to remove the rat in the final scene in The Departed. The Departed, of course, the Martin Scorsese remake of a Chinese film called Eternal Affairs from 2002. In my opinion, The Departed is probably one of the best remakes I have ever seen. And in a lot of cases, it's a shot-for-shot -shot remake. But what really makes a movie is the amazing cast made up of people like Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, Vera Farminga, Anthony Anderson, Alec Baldwin. A great cast. And you must be asking yourself, if you have seen the movie, who's the rat? Do they mean the mole? No, 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 they don't mean the mole. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to I'm going to talk about the ending scene right now. You've had plenty of time to watch it. 
But if you still want to be spoiler free, jump, you know, jump forward 30 seconds. But in that final scene, when Matt Damon is walking into his into his apartment and sees Mark Wahlberg, there waiting for him and Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, bleh, kills him and then walks off. And then the scene, the, the camera kind of pans up from the dead body up into that uh, up into the view from the balcony. You see a rat walk across the balcony. That's it. That's what this guy wants to remove. If you have seen The Departed, what's your take on the rat? Do you think the rat should stay or do you think the rat should be digitally removed from the movie? Ladies and gentlemen, this next story comes to us again from IndieWire. If you remember back when I had talked about Leslie Jones being very angry about the Ghostbusters sequel coming out. Well, guess what? Paul Feig has defended Jason Reitman. Paul Feig being the writer and director of of the Ghostbusters Answer the Call, the movie that was famously hated by everyone at Somewhat Nerdy but me. There was actually some debate about what Jason Reitman was talking about when he said things like, we are in every way trying to go back to the original technique and hand the movie back to the fans. Some people thought that was a slap in the face to the women of the movie saying that, well, obviously people didn't want the women in it, so this is taking it back and removing all those silly female types. Uh, but Jason Reitman explained himself saying, no, that's not what I meant. You're basically taking it out of, out of context. And then Paul Feig came to Reitman's defense saying, Jason was a supporter of mine at a time when I couldn't get movies made. He has always been a true gentleman to me and a supporter of Ghostbusters answer the call. I can't wait to see his take on the Ghostbusters universe. Big love and respect to you, Jason. Your fan, Paul. Is this the last we will hear of this so-called controversy about the movies? Probably not. Probably not at all. But at the very least, the mind behind the 2016 Ghostbusters gave his blessing. This next story came to us first from Fox News, at least to me first from Fox News. Chris Hemsworth is going to play Hulk Hogan in a Netflix biopic. And I wonder how honest it's going to be. I've heard quite a few things. I've heard that Hulk was a great person back then, but also that he was just some huge pile of garbage and in a lot of ways still is. We all know he got really creepy with his daughter, making very sexual comments about her. And famously, Macho Man Randy Savage hated Hulk Hogan, but was professional enough to work with him. So we'll see which way this Netflix biopic goes. There is no set release date yet for this movie, but as soon as I know, you'll know. This next story comes to us from Deadline. Apparently, there was a bidding war for a dark superhero movie from Sylvester Stallone. Apparently, Stallone and Braggy F. Schutt, I think I'm saying that completely wrong, worked on a script together. Or at the very least, that guy whose name I butchered worked on the script mostly and then Stallone maybe put a little info in. But at the very least, Balboa Production is, is behind this. Well, now MGM is on board and won the so-called bidding war. I just say so-called because I don't know how long it was or how many people were involved. There's not much known about this at all. Like if, if Sylvester Stallone is even going to be in it. The only thing that is known is that this is, quote, a dark and fresh take on the superhero genre. So, so we'll see how that turns out. This next very short story comes to us from Digital Spy. Captain Marvel's runtime has been revealed. It's 124 minutes. So if you can math, like I can, that's two hours, four minutes. That's, that's really it. That, that's the news. Yay. Our final story comes to us from comicbook.com. Apparently, trolls are sinking Captain Marvel's tomato meter score to the lowest in MCU history. If you're wondering why, there are apparently quite a few different reasons. Some people claim it's that a group of people online are upset that 
The MCU is trying to push a social justice narrative or being more inclusive. Like, oh, this film is this film features a woman just for the sake of getting a woman in the MCU, like in a big role. Others are saying that it's just that people aren't interested. And then thus, when they go into Rotten Tomatoes, they click not interested. The score drops. Others are quick to point out that this has nothing to do with the actual review of it. Since the movie's not out yet, you can't post a review. All you can do is either click click interested or not interested. What's the actual reason? I'm actually leaning more towards the first one, that people are just angry for some stupid made-up reason. Because if you remember when Black Panther came out, there was this huge surge of people against it too. Though the people, the amount of people for it outweighed them so much that it ended up not mattering, but... Black Panther, one of the highest rated and most loved Marvel movies so far, only has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. This well-loved, highest, one of the highest grossing Marvel movies, and the only one to ever be nominated for Best Picture, has a low Rotten Tomato score. So I think this has a lot to do with people having an agenda. And they claim they won't. They claim that, no, I don't have an agenda, I'm just not interested. But why aren't you interested? And if... These people are truly not interested in the film. Why do they purposefully go to Rotten Tomatoes to click on this? If you're not interested and don't care, then you should just leave it the f*** alone. So you all know that I have no interest in ugly dolls. And I have bitched about this movie so much since since the um, trailer started coming out. But I don't care. And I honestly don't care. And so that mean, doesn't mean I'm going to go to some website and vote against the movie. That would imply caring. That would take effort. So I truly believe all these people doing this are nothing but dirty, no good trolls. And let's say these people who are all angry about Captain Marvel have a point. Let's okay. Let's just for the sake of argument, say that yes, Marvel and Disney have an agenda and they're pushing it by having this female focused superhero movie that they don't really care about anything but their agenda. So what? Is it really hurting you? Is it really attacking you for any reason? I think these people are nothing but trolls, and it's yet another reason that no one, no one should take the scores of these things like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic seriously. They're jokes. That's all they are. Those websites exist for fickle people who can't make up their own mind and need someone else to do it for them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us step into everyone's favorite segment. The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first up in the Trove, we have a new teaser trailer for Godzilla. This one shows us some new stuff, but nothing really of importance. It just shows us some of the monsters being being awoken, and it looks pretty cool. This is 100% going to be a CG slugfest, an amazingly fun action film that you can just sit back and drink and eat your popcorn and enjoy. Nothing that I've seen so far shows me this is going to be anything other than that, but I also don't want anything other than that. This is a f***ing Godzilla movie. I don't watch a Godzilla movie for character development, okay? I watch it to watch big-ass monsters fight each other. And it looks like that this is going to give us that. I don't think you have to go seek out this trailer. Uh, it looks cool. That's it. I mean, it, it doesn't show us anything that even a huge fan, even someone super stoked for this, needs to see. It was just fun. Godzilla King of Monsters will come out on May 31st. Next up in the trove, we have a trailer for a movie called Her Smell, starring Elizabeth Moss and Cara Delevingne, Dan Stevens, and Amber Heard. 
This trailer and the IMDb synopsis line up perfectly. This is about a self-destructive punk rocker who is struggling with sobriety while she tries to recapture the creative inspiration that led her band to success. The good news is, is that it doesn't matter if Elizabeth Moss can sing or not because it's punk rock. None of those people can sing. This isn't about any particular band, so this is just a fictional drop musical drama. So if this interests you, keep an eye out for it on the 12th of April this year. The next trailer we have to talk about is a Netflix movie coming out March 29th with an exclusive theatrical engagement on March 15th. This film is called The Highwaymen. And it stars Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, and it's about the two Texas Rangers who tracked down and eventually got the drop on Bonnie and Clyde and took them out. Kevin Costner plays Frank Hammer, and Woody Harrelson plays Manny Galt, two of the six men that were at the ambush, but this is a story leading up from their pulling Galt and Hammer out of retirement, them chasing Bonnie and Clyde up until the final, the final confrontation. It also stars Kathy Bates, and John Carroll Lynch. And yes, more please, I will take more of these Netflix movies because it comes straight to Netflix. I can watch it whenever I want. I can watch it opening night if I want, or opening day. I can watch it at 10 a.m. in my boxers should I want to, or I can wait, well, I can wait a year and watch it then. It'll be the same experience. So yes, please, more interesting Netflix movies. Next up in the trove, we have a movie called The Kid. This is a Western starring Ethan Hawke, Chris Pratt, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Dane DeHaan. Uh, let's see, as well as Adam Baldwin is in this. And this is about a young boy who gets involved in and thus witnesses the encounter between Billy the Kid and Sheriff Pat Garrett. Pat Garrett, famously the one who took down Billy the Kid. Though I think there may be some embellishment in this movie just because... Supposedly what happened wasn't a duel out in the middle of the streets. The sheriff found Billy in a in a hotel room or something and gunned him down before he can get to his gun. Dane DeHaan plays Billy the Kid. Ethan Hawke plays Pat Garrett. And Chris Pratt seems like this ass guy who wants to track down the kid who is going to witness all this, track him down and bring him home because like the kid killed Chris Pratt's character's brother, who I guess was an abusive father or something. So the guy had to come into him. So it seems like we're going to see Chris Pratt as a bad guy in this one. And I am excited. I love Westerns. I'm excited for more Westerns. And I think it's interesting. This is being directed by Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio, of course, was in The Magnificent Seven with both Chris Pratt and Ethan Hawke. Add Dane DeHaan to the mix and you get an interesting looking movie that comes out March 8th, 2019. Well, next week. Cool. And finally in the trove, we have the official trailer for Rocket Man. Rocket Man, of course, the biopic about oh so famous musician Elton John, formerly Reginald Dwight. This stars Taron Egerton as Elton John, also stars Jamie Bell, Bryce Dallas Howard, Richard Madden, and I think that's it for the notable names. If I miss someone, I'm sorry to them. But it looks like this movie is going to give us quite a few things. It's going to give us a story of Elton John, and it's not going to shy away from his drug and alcohol use that almost killed him. It's not going to shy away from his sexuality, and it's also going to show us things probably through his eyes, where it's all fantastical and magical and flashy. We're going to get to see all his iconic costumes and even ones that we're probably not familiar with. We're going to get to see how he went from becoming Reginald Dwight to being Elton John, one of the most famous musicians of all time. 
This comes to us from a director who actually hasn't done much. He's only directed four films, but one of them was with Taron Egerton. Eddie the Eagle, still a fantastic film. If you haven't watched it, it's amazing. I'm excited for Rocketman. This looks really good. And unless Dexter Fletcher, the director, is some sort of creep, we won't have the same controversy we did around Bohemian Rhapsody. So yay for that. That movie comes out May 31st this year. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the first part of the show. Let us take a break as we hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Please stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back to the show. You know, since early on in the podcast, I've been using this Singer's Soothing Throat Spray. Oh, why was that so hard for me to say? Singer's Soothing Throat... (laughs) Okay, let's try again. Singer's Soothing... Singer's Soothing Throat Spray. Singer's Soothing Throat throat spray oh my god that was really hard and to think i used to be a theater major i would have never made it anyway i i've been using it since very early on in the show's history and i'm not even sure if it works at this point it's just like a good luck charm kind of like you know sometimes football teams will have something they do like touch a touch a rock a specific rock on their way out or hit the door in a certain place before they go out uh, go out into the field and, and at this point maybe it's kind of like that because this could very well just be some weird placebo where it's like water and ass taste and they just put it in a bottle and they're like oh yes spray this down your throat it'll, it'll sound better and honestly what i found what What is really best for my voice is not drinking any alcohol or soda before and during the show. And to that, I say, f*** that. If you're at all familiar with any of the shows on the Someone Nerdy Podcast Network, if you're familiar with even the Watch Your Mouth podcast, you will know that drinking is is kind of mandatory when we do this. We are all like the drunken masters, but of podcasting, so yay. Anyway... Let us get into the movies, but before we do that, I want to talk about two just super limited releases, and by super limited, I mean if you live in LA, you will see these. I'm not even going to say much about them. One is called The Magnificent Cake. It's an anthology stop-motion animated film about colonial Africa in the late 19th century. And while that does sound very interesting, if you're not leaving L.A., you may may have to wait quite a long time to see this. And the next movie is called Something. A man and a woman believe a menacing stranger could be lurking, watching, or even entering their home. And this also is in L.A. only. Well, my future fans, let us jump into the limited releases. And let's start with a film called... Transit. When a man flees France after the Nazi invasion, he assumes the identity of a dead author whose papers he possesses. Stuck in Marseille, he meets a young woman desperate to find her missing husband, the very man he's impersonating. Uh, This is a French film. And it could have been cool enough. I'm going to be honest, it it could still be good, but the the trailer was just a little shy of wowing me. Next up is a f***ing weird movie. A f***ing 
fucking weird movie called The Cannibal Club. Otavio and Gilda are very wealthy. They're part of a Brazilian elite group that have the habit of eating their employees. The group they're a member of is called the Cannibal Club, a group of super wealthy and powerful people just like them. One day, Gilda accidentally discovers a secret of one of the members, Borges, a powerful congressman and the club's leader, and suddenly Otavio and Gilda's lives are in danger. And just to give you the hint, the type of movie this is, the trailer starts out with this woman walking down the stairs butt naked carrying this trash bag, and you hear what sounds like a chainsaw. And as she gets down to the bottom of the stairs and rounds a corner, you see her husband, who's also butt naked, using a chainsaw to cut up a dead body. And she just walks by like it's nothing. And then right after that in the trailer, you see a bunch of people sitting around in suits looking down as if in the, as if they're in like an opera box. And it sounds like what's obviously two people having sex and they're just sitting there watching it. You know what? So this one's going to be a hard pass for me. Next up is a film called Maplethorpe. This is the look at the life of photographer Robert Maplethorpe from his rise to fame in the 1970s to his untimely death in 1989. This stars Matt Smith from Doctor Who and Brian Stokes Mitchell from Mr. Robot. And this could be cool. It looks like we're getting a really, really good performance out of Matt Smith, which is nothing new. Matt Smith is a great actor. Next up is a film called Hole in the Ground. Sarah is building a new life in a backwood rural town with her son. One day, Sarah discovers a big sinkhole in the woods behind her house and fears that her son fell into it. She later finds him, but as time passes, she fears something has changed. Maybe it's not her son she found that day in the woods. This is an Irish film and just seems way, way too close to other movies that have come out about creepy-ass kids. So, uh, no thank you. Next up is a film called Stray. An orphaned teenager forms a friendship with a detective as they investigate her mother's murder. The detective soon discovers a girl has powers and a supernatural force is after her. This stars Karen Fukuhara from Suicide Squad and Christine Woods from Flash Forward. And this should have been a movie that I would have loved because it has a uh, has a Japanese woman in it who has powers being awesome. And this seems this is a people of powers movie, which seems right up my alley. But it just it just seems too meh. And that's what saddened me. And it made me keep it in this section. And finally, in this section, yes, this is another week where we have more movies in the wide releases and interesting indie section than we do the limited section. So huzzah for that. But the final movie in the limited section is a film called Climax. French dancers gather in a remote, empty school building to rehearse on a wintry night. The all-night celebration morphs into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn that their sangria is laced with LSD. This stars Sofia Botella from Star Trek Beyond. And this seems like some sort of artsy movie beyond my grasp. So that's why it's staying right, right here where it belongs. Oops. And I actually lied. There's one more movie in the limited section that I almost missed. So let's talk about Greta. A young woman befriends a lonely widow who's harboring a dark and deadly agenda towards her. This stars Isabel Huppert from Louder Than Bombs. Uh, if you've ever seen a French movie, you've probably seen her because she is a French superstar. Also stars Chloe Grace Moretz from Kick-Ass. And the, the synopsis, I just want to say a quick word about this. The synopsis that I pulled from IMDb doesn't really do the movie justice. I really should have written my own, but uh, I'm a lazy asshole. So this movie, it's about this woman who finds a purse on the subway one day, tracks down who it's for. She's doing her good deed, or who it's for, who it belongs to. She does her good deed and returns it to her and kind of forms a friendship with this old lady until one day she's at the old lady's house or having dinner and she finds all of these purses 
a ton of different purses that look the same, just like the one she found. It has like a post-it with a name and a number on it. So it seems like this is something she does, just leaves her purses in places and befriends the people that bring them forward. She then freaks out on the woman, says, hey, stay the f away from me. And then the woman starts stalking her and murder is involved and it seems really creepy. It could have been cool. And it could still very well be cool, but uh, right now it's staying in the limited section. Well, my future fans, that is it for the limited section. Let us take a break and hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle before we jump into the wide releases and interesting indies. So please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And welcome back. It is time for the wide releases and interesting indies. You know, this is one of those weeks where we have more movies in the wide release and interesting indie section than we did in the limited section. That's because I'm not counting those two LA only films as limited. As odd as that sounds, two films that are only coming out in one city aren't in the limited. I almost didn't talk about them whatsoever, but it occurred to me that maybe someone from LA listens to my show. Maybe. According to my SoundCloud numbers, I just looked at them. Uh, some people from LA do listen. So hi. Hi, you guys. How you how you doing there? Uh, it looks like the biggest city is Mountain View, and that's just through SoundCloud. So that's not counting. At least I don't think it counts uh, podcast apps and iTunes and uh, and shit like that. Weirdly enough, there are a lot of people in uh, Louisiana that listen to me. Geez, I wonder who I know in the Covington, Slidell, and Mandeville areas. Everett, Washington, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas. Oddly enough, Amsterdam. Hi. I am Sam, people. And you know what? It, it makes me wonder. Hey, everyone from Mountain View, uh, Washington, and uh, Texas, Amsterdam, how did you hear about me? How did you find the show? Louisiana people, you will forgive me for not asking because um, I can I can probably assume that it's either through somewhat nerdy or watch your mouth that y'all found me. But still, you know, thank you very much for listening. But to everyone else, how did you find me? Oh, where is Everett, Washington? Maybe I know someone from there. Oh, you guys are just north of Seattle. I love Seattle. One of my favorite food destinations to travel at. Ah, but look at that. We're on another tangent. Oh, and there are people listening from Santa Cruz. Hi, Evan, because I know you're one of them. All right, but enough about that. Let's get into the movies. That's why you listen. That is why you listen to the show. Either that or you love my silky voice. Actually, I'm not sure if you'd call that silky. Would you call that, would you call that silky or rich? It's like mahogany. All right, but seriously, let's get back to the show. The first movie we have to talk about in the wide releases and interesting indie section is called Apollo 11. This is a documentary about the Apollo 11 mission to land on the moon and features never-before-seen 70mm footage. I really don't have much more to say about that. You're either interested in NASA and space and history and you want to watch this, or you'll just like, nah, hard pass. 
I mean, it looks cool. I want to see never before seen footage. Uh, I will watch this movie. But then again, just like most documentaries, I'm not going to catch this in theaters. The great thing about documentaries is that they are just as good at home. Anna and I watched that documentary on bourbon and drank profusely while we did it. And we had a grand old time. There's one on sake we're going to watch soon and drink a lot of sake and we're going to have a grand time. I just hope somewhere out there is a documentary on vodka and we're down. Yeah, we're going to watch that shit. But Apollo 11, just keep an eye open for that. Once again, nothing to watch in the theaters, something to watch at home to just watch, watch something historic. Next up is a Hindi cinema film called Sonchiria. This is a film about that chambal and I'm going to, I'm going to mess this word up and I'm sorry, the Chambal Dacoits and is set in the 1970s. So here's what I know about this. So the Chambal Dacoits, Dacoits, whatever, were basically a group of bandits. I honestly don't know much more about them because I just looked up really quick, like a couple minutes of Googling just to find out what little I have. So I don't know if they were like Robin Hood types, if they were local heroes or if they were monsters and people hated them. I, I don't know. I just know that this film is their story. And I'm guessing it doesn't turn out well for them because, well, usually by the time we can make a movie about a group of criminals, they're probably either already caught or dead. I mean, it's not like they're going to make a movie about someone still on the run. But you know what? If you want to try watching a, a Hindi cinema movie, a Bollywood movie, and don't like the musical comedy type of movie, this could be it for you. This looks like a serious action drama film. Next up, we have a film called Woman at War. Hala declares war on the local aluminum industry to prevent it from disfiguring her country. She risks all she has to protect the highlands of Iceland, but the situation could change with the unexpected arrival of a small orphan in her life. What really saddens me is that a movie like this, any any movie with an environmentalist theme, is going to be looked at from a political standpoint. And I think that is a very stupid thing to do. I don't think that the environment, I don't think that global warming, I don't think any of that should be a political issue. But a movie like this is going to polarize people or just this very topic, just because of this rift we have in our country, not just between the left and the right, but just because typically the left are the more environmentalist ones, while the right are the ones who are climate deniers. And please keep in mind, I'm saying typically, that's not everyone, but it makes me sad that what shouldn't be a political issue is. So when a movie like this comes out, like had this been a bigger budget Hollywood movie instead of an Icelandic film, there would have been automatically huge hate online from it, like a Twitter firestorm from the right. And no, not everyone from the right, but movies like this are always going to be polarizing. So when I put this film in the wide releases and interesting indies, I did so just because the film itself looks interesting. Uh, this isn't as much a comment on the subject matter, even though... I've already said that, you know, the climate shouldn't be a partisan issue. So I just think this movie looks good based on the fact that you have this woman who's trying to fight against this industry that she believes is ruining her home. And then she's like full gung-ho with this, like being an eco-terrorist. But then, whoops, here comes this orphan and she has one chance to be a mother. Like, this is basically it. And does she want to take this or does she want to keep fighting? Because she realizes she can't keep fighting. She can't keep risking her life and her freedom if she wants to be a mother. 
And I think that's a very interesting idea. And before we go on, I realize I haven't given any scores yet. Um, I don't know why I just glazed over them. Uh, Apollo 11, I think it looks really good and I'm excited to watch it. But like I said, not in theaters. This gets a seven out of 11. And, and I'll do my usual pause when we... Uh, get past this. Sancheria, it looks good, and it looks like a movie that if you want to get into a into Hindi cinema or a movie from Bollywood, that this is a as a starting point that strays far enough away from the classic, or at least what we know in America as a classic Bollywood film that is a romantic comedy. It strays far enough away from it that it may be interesting. That also gets a seven out of eleven. So now that we're all caught up, Woman at War gets a six out of eleven. There's a pause. And, and I just want to say something really quick before we move on. Uh, there's a very good reason, or two very good reasons, I keep this show very non-political. The first is that this is a show about movies. That There's no reason to bring politics into this. And the other reason, the other good, good thing coming out of me not making political comments is that I will not push anyone away who has different beliefs in me. Because there are some of you out there that I know, I know for a fact you and I have different uh, political beliefs. I know this, and I'm still glad that we can we can talk about movies. I'm still glad that we, we have this, and it really gives me hope. It really gives me the hope for the future, because I don't think this country, at least in my lifetime, has ever been this divided. I, I am old enough to remember the Reagan administration, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, now Trump. I don't believe we've ever been this divided before. And this gives me hope that we can get back to where we were, because look at this. Here we are talking about movies. You know what? A Republican and a Democrat walked into a theater, and they just all had fun. Next up, and I'll remember to do it all right this time with the score and everything, is a film called The Wedding Guest. A dangerous man is hired to capture a woman and get her away from her soon-to-be husband. Who hired him? Who is she? And is there more to her than even the man can see? This stars Dev Patel from Slumdog Millionaire. And this looks really cool. Uh, this looks like some sort of CIA, like, Black Ops mission sort of thing taking place in, in India, Pakistan, and in, in that area. And starring Dev Patel, someone whose star was really, really on the rise, like, super quick, and then kind of went back down. And now Dev Patel is a great actor, but not a household name like a lot of people thought he was going to be after Slumdog Millionaire came out. He's done a lot of great movies. He is a fantastic actor. But the movies he's been doing recently aren't the movies that we see trailers for when we're watching NBC, ABC, Fox, Help Food Network, Travel Channel, whatever. But he's still worth watching. This movie looks good. It looks interesting. There's a whole lot of mystery in this and Dev Patel doesn't look like he's playing someone badass on the level of, like, Jason Bourne or John Wick. He seems more of a badass in the way of Jack Ryan, but not Jack Ryan in the way of Chris Pine or John Krasinski. Nothing wrong with them, but I think this is more of a Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin, Jack Ryan, where they can do badass stuff, but they're not... They're not Jason Bourne. They're not John Wick. And I think that really sets the tone for this movie uh, because, I mean, it could be a lot more action packed than the trailer I watched made it look out to be. But from what I saw, this looks like a more of a thriller where Dev Patel could he could play this former CIA or whatever you know, secret agency India has. No, no, British. Um, yeah, he's British Muslim, his character, not Dev Patel, while Patel is from the UK. Uh, but back on topic. 
his character could very well be former MI5. He could be former SAS. He could be this legitimate badass. But I feel like the tone the movie is setting is one more of spy and intrigue stuff. And I think it looks really good. But just like with all the other movies I've already talked about, not the type of movie you should watch in theaters. Unless something about this just speaks to you and you're like, yes, I should find this. Other than that, hard pass for theaters and put it on your to-be-watched list for home. The Wedding Guest gets a 7.5 out of 11. Alright, next up this week we have a film called Giant Little Ones. Two popular teen boys, best friends since childhood, find their world upended after an unexpected encounter between the two of them. This stars Josh Wiggins from Max, Darren Mann from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Taylor Hickson from Deadpool, Maria Bello from Lights Out, and Peter Outerbridge from Lucky Number Slevin. And for Taylor Hickson from Deadpool, I can tell you exactly the character she played just because I had no idea who this was. She's a girl in the very beginning of Deadpool, the one that he's working for, that um that that guy's creeping on her, so he goes to stop her in the very scene before he becomes Deadpool. When he's in that guy's apartment and orders pizza. Anyway, this movie looks interesting. So basically it's about these two teenagers who are friends and they're at a party get way drunk and they basically either have sex or get really close to having sex until one of them freaks out and then i guess one of the friends the one who freaked out spills the beans and so everyone's turning on the guy now making fun of him and so now this this kid is now on the outs with not only the whole school but his best friend finds himself now an outcast and then meets someone. And if, and if I get get it right from the trailer, this girl he meets is either the sister of his best friend or the sister of someone at the school, but then they kind of form this bond. And so this you have this main character who's asking a ton of questions going, okay, what happened between the two of us? Did I like it? Am I am I gay? Am I bi? Did I did this just happen and I'm fine with it, but I like women? Like what what's what's going on with me? And what's not making it easier is the fact that he's being tormented in school. So now once where he knew his place in the world, he now has to find his place again. And this looks like a good movie. It looks well acted. It, it's a very interesting idea because we, we've had a lot of movies about the horrors of coming out. But this movie tackles something else. This I, I don't even know what I am. And I think this movie would be will be interesting to watch, but also equally infuriating. Just remembering that this kind of stuff still happens in our society. We're the future. You know, if you remember when we were kids, this is now the future. And shit like this is still going on. People are getting picked on and bullied and harassed for something as unimportant as their sexual preference, as their gender identity. There are much better reasons to hate people than that. Do they text while driving? There are much better reasons. Do you like cats? That's way more important to me than any of the other stuff. Either way, I think this movie looks good from two standpoints. It looks good as, as just a well-thought-out, well-acted movie, but it also looks good as a movie that tackles something that I don't think we talk enough about. We have movies about what if you're straight, what if you're gay, what if you're bi, but what about what if you don't know? What if you're confused? And I think this movie will will be one of those that will shine a, spot, a spotlight on something that doesn't get a spotlight shown on it very much. Giant Little Ones gets an 8 out of 11. Next up this week, we have a film called St. Judy. This is the true story of immigration attorney Judy Wood and how she single-handedly changed the U.S. law of asylum to save women's lives. 
This stars Michelle Monaghan from Gone Baby Gone, Liam Lubini from Rock the Casbah, Common from Smoke and Aces, Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2, Alfre Woodard from Star Trek First Contact, Michael T. Williamson from Forrest Gump, and Peter Krause from Six Feet Under. So this movie comes hot, almost hot on the heels of the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie, or documentary that is, because I don't think the other movie has come out. Wait, no, no, it did. That came out earlier this year and um, kind of was ignored by quite a few people, even though I thought it looked good. So still almost hot on the heels of the movie called On the Basis of Sex, starring Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This film tells a story of how this woman kind of changed the law to help save women. Because for the longest time, the rules of asylum were about or revolved around one's ethnicity or one's religion. Thus, if there's escaping persecution from a country that was killing them for being who they were, they could come here, apply for asylum going, hey, if I go back there, they're going to kill me. And not because of anything I did, just because I happened to be from this other country. But when a case came, came up of a woman trying to escape I forgot what Middle Eastern country. Let's see. Afghanistan. So apparently she got in trouble in Afghanistan for encouraging women to think and learn, which women can't do in that country because they're bass backwards over there. Well, Michelle Monaghan's character, Judy Wood, was trying to get this woman asylum because she was being sent back to Afghanistan where she would be killed. But according to the judge, women aren't a protected class. So this is about the trial in front of the Ninth Circuit Court about how she convinced them that, yes, women should be a protected class because in other countries are second class citizens, if even people at all in other countries. So this looks really interesting. Uh, I think it's going to make a good movie. I really do. I think it's going to be intense, even though we know we know the outcome. At least I think we do, because it's it is acknowledged that she changed the laws. So I'm hoping this woman didn't have to go back to Afghanistan to be murdered. So even though we know how it's going to end, it's still going to be interesting to watch this dramatization of how she got there. And I think that's something as Americans we can be proud of is this movie, because how can we turn someone away like that? Someone we know who's going to go back to a place that, that they're probably going to be killed at. St. Judy gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up this week is a film called We Die Young. Lucas is a 14-year-old boy who was inducted into gang life at a young age. He is determined that his 10-year-old brother won't follow the same path. When a war veteran comes around his old neighborhood, Lucas turns to him for help. This stars Jean-Claude Van Damme from Universal Soldier. So basically, this movie is, is everything you heard there. This guy returns home from Afghanistan and finds that there's this kid who's trying to keep his brother out of the life that he fell into and then has to kick ass to save them. It's a familiar story. We may not hear many about it, about, you know, some soldier coming back to stop a kid from getting into the gang life. But this type of story of this soldier coming back from war, trying to find himself again and finding that the world still needs him, especially to help help a single person we've seen this story my only question is jean-claude van damme is really old and by really old i mean he's really old for action movies he is 58 you can tell that the years have taken a toll on him i mean he doesn't look terrible but he is far from what he was so here's my question when it comes to being an active soldier in a war zone 
is there an age limit? Like, is it plausible that this guy who is obviously on the wrong side of 50, is it plausible that he's still a soldier and still going into active war zones? Because whenever we see movies about soldiers returning home, about people coming home from especially modern wars, they're all young. They're all 20s, 30s, maybe 40s, because especially in movies about about wars like this, they're the, the older people are usually the people in power. They're usually the commanding officers. So is this plausible that someone his age could still be taking an active role in a in a military exercise in a war zone? Or are they just reaching for a reason for Jean-Claude Van Damme's character to be badass? Either way, that doesn't affect the movie that much. The only question to ask now is, do you want to watch this familiar story? It doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. It, it looks entertaining. It looks... I don't want to say fun for something this serious, but it looks like a movie that could be enjoyable. If you want to watch an action movie this week, this could be it. There's one more action movie, but it's a foreign film and thus harder to find. But if you want to watch something that's a little more full of action, this could be it for you. As for me, I'm going to pass on this. Maybe one day if I see it on a streaming service, I'll watch it. Because once again, this does not look like a bad movie. This just looks like something easily skippable. We Die Young gets a six out of 11. All right, three more movies left, and then we get to the question of the week. So the next movie is called Fury, but spelled F-U-R-I-E, and, and that does matter if you're searching for this movie. An ex-gangster is laying low in the countryside after becoming a mother, but one day her daughter is kidnapped and she must use all of her skills to get her daughter back. This stars Veronica Ngo from Bright and Star Wars The Last Jedi. So basically for this movie, think of a film like Peppermint, but instead it takes place in Vietnam and... And it seems like a mix of a movie kind of like Peppermint, but also a Vietnamese version of a Kung Fu movie. Because, of course, it's Vietnam, so it's not Kung Fu. At least I don't think. Who knows? Who knows how big Kung Fu is over there? Uh, but the traditional Vietnamese martial art is something called a Vovinam or something like that. I I'm probably totally mispronouncing it. But whatever martial art it is, this seems like an old school martial arts movie mixed with a female forward revenge flick. And to me, that is pretty cool because this woman plays this ex-gangster, like we said in the in the premise, who gets her daughter kidnapped. So I'm not sure if the kidnapping of the daughter has something to do with her past or if it's just like human trafficking or something. But either way, they piss off the wrong person. So she is going to go kick ass. And this looks pretty awesome. I can truly say that a Vietnamese martial arts film is one of the things I have never ever seen so maybe this could be the first one this looks entertaining and it looks like the perfect movie to just one day watch like you you are home because you're sick you take a sick day from work it's a rainy day and you're staying home whatever the reason you just you just want to watch something different and this i believe is something that should go on that list this is a familiar equation this is something we've seen before but not quite like this so it, it, it's going to be familiar to us but it's going to be different enough to warrant a watch that it's not something you can just skip over i mean drew if, if this doesn't interest you at all you can always skip over it but i believe this offers enough newness to a very familiar genre to a very familiar style of movies that it makes it interesting which is why it made it in the wide releases and interesting indie section for me Hell, if you can find this in a theater, maybe even watch it in the theaters. I think this may be the best theater watch this week. But how isn't it my pick of the week then? You'll see. Fury gets an 8 out of 11. 
And ladies and gentlemen, next up was Brian Q's answer for what non-comic book movie he was looking forward to the most. And that film is A Medea Family Funeral. A joyous family reunion becomes a hilarious nightmare as Medea and the crew travel to backwoods, Georgia, where they find themselves unexpectedly planning a funeral that might unveil unsavory family secrets. This stars Tyler Perry from Everything Medea, Cassie Davis, Pat- Patrice Lovely from other Medea movies as well, Mike Tyson from The Hangover, Quinn Walters from The Haves and the Have Nots, Ariel Miranda from Pretty Little Liars, Jen Harper from In the Heat of the Night, Rome Flynn from How to Get Away with Murder, and David Otunga, former WWE wrestler. If any of you out there remember this particular question of the week, then you will also remember why it was Brian Q's answer, because this is going to be the final Medea movie. That's right, this was is supposedly going to be the movie where Tyler Perry retires a character because in an interview he said that I don't want to be Medea's age and still playing her. So I'm not going to talk about this movie very long for a couple of reasons. The first of those reasons being that you already know if you're a fan of the Medea movies. You already know it. You already know if you're going to see this movie. If you've never seen a Medea movie, don't start with this one. Easy peasy. And if you've never seen them before or it never interests you, this is a really easy pass. And many of you, if you've been listening for a while, know my feelings on these. I don't think they're very good movies. The only ones that I've ever wanted to watch, the only ones that I think I ever will watch, are the Boo movies, because those are straight-up Halloween-themed comedies. And it's not just some some story about someone getting cheated on and trying to find their best self while they find that person just for them, and Medea just happens to be there making, making funny jokes. No, the Boo movies seem to be straight up comedies with nothing else just straight up comedies with some weigh-ins style references but without being a scary movie-esque straight on spoof but this movie um i mean it doesn't look like the worst one it really doesn't it actually looks like it should be higher up on the list of movies people should watch if they're not fans of Medea. but once again you know if you're going to see this or not. There's nothing I could say. I could think this looks like the greatest Medea movie ever. And I could be, I could be singing its praises, but this is such a specific niche that there's very little anyone else can say to you or me to change our minds on it. Just like you can walk up to someone who loves Tyler Perry, loves every single thing Tyler Perry has done, loves every Medea movie, and there's nothing you could say to dissuade them. The good thing about movies like this is you already know where you stand. And as for me, I'm going to stand in a different line. A Medea family funeral gets a 5 out of 11. And with that, my future fans, we come to the pick of the week, which is a film called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. A boy in Wallowy helps his village by building a wind turbine after reading about them in a library book. This stars Chiwetel Ejiofor from Serenity, Joseph Marcel from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and introducing newcomer Maxwell Simba. And so why did I say that if you see a movie in the theaters it should be Fury? That's because this is a Netflix original movie coming out straight to Netflix on the first, so you don't have to go anywhere to enjoy this. I think this looks really good. It's based on a book of the same name, based on a true story. And I love movies like this, because I wish I had the same love of learning that this kid has, or had. For all I know, this kid could be an adult now. I I don't know when this takes place. But I think movies like this are a sobering wake-up call to how different other countries are. That... For this kid, school is a luxury. Learning is a luxury. Where for you and me, growing up in America, 
Or for my non-American listeners growing up in a first world country, we had to go to school. It is what you did. And if you're anything like me, you didn't always love it. There were times where I hated school and times where I also couldn't wait to go. I I jumped back and forth and I was a terrible student. I was lazy. That was basically it for me. I was lazy. When I actually studied, I was good. I was one of those classic high school cases of wasted potential. So let's then jump to this kid who wants nothing more than to learn is so passionate about learning. But then in uh, in the movie, in the trailer, you see that a drought hits. A drought hits this area and his father needs him. His father says, hey, I need you in the farm. I need you to do anything we can to help save our family, to help save our village. You can't go to school anymore. So this kid builds a wind turbine to help bring water to this drought riddled village. I mean, here I am with my dumbass who can barely finish a Lego uh, like, like a Lego thing with the instructions and this kid built a wind turbine after reading a book. The most interesting thing I can do after reading a book is writing a blog. Not that there's anything wrong with that per se, but this kid, it's amazing. I mean, how many times do you hear of kids growing up in countries where they where they don't necessarily get schooling and they get the opportunity so they walk miles through the desert and through dangerous war-torn areas just to get some education? And then there I was as a teenager and even and even younger when I couldn't wait to get home to get my homework out of the way and play video games. And please understand that I'm just bringing up my own history with school as a comparison because we can't always do things like that. Like I can't say, well, I was a dumb piece of because look at this kid just because we have different circumstances. You can't compare, keep on comparing yourself to other people because in, then you'll always find someone better than you and it just won't end well. I think it also helps to remind ourselves of stories like this, to go that, yes, education is important. We should push for it to make sure everyone in our country gets education and also support people in other countries because the smarter we are as a world, the better we'll be. And the best part about this is that this movie looks well acted and well done. And it just looks like a very good movie from start to finish. So not only do we have a very interesting story, not only do we have a very riveting and very uplifting story, but it's well done too. This movie is going to be good, hands down. And the bonus is that you could watch this because you already have Netflix. One way or the other, you have access to Netflix, whether you yourself are a subscriber or someone you know lets them use their account. One way or the other, you have access to this movie. And you can watch this at your leisure in the comfort of your own home. And this is the movie you should watch this week. The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind gets a 10 out of 11. And with that, my future fans, let us take our final break and hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast before we jump into the question of the week. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. 
iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And welcome back to the show. I just want to make a quick note that if you if you're wondering why I don't talk about the Oscars, that's because I recorded before the Oscars happened. I will talk about them just in the next episode. Well, without any more waiting around, let us jump into the question of the week and we got a couple answers for this one. We really did. Well, before we jump into the answers, let me remind you what the question was. And last week I kind of phoned it in, but it was an easy question and we got more answers than we normally do. So maybe I should phone it in a little more. Hey, right? Yeah. Or not. We'll see. But the question was, which mythical creature would you like as a pet? This, of course, was brought to us. The question was brought to my mind, at least, by How to Train Your Dragon. So let's start with the answer we got on SoundCloud first. It came from Fratmat, who said Figment. And I actually had to look this one up. I did not know Figment was it was a thing. Figment is apparently the Imagination Dragon, which is a popular Disney character. You, have you never heard of Figment? Just like me? Well, don't feel bad because Figment camp comes to us from a single ride at Epcot called Journey into Imagination with Figment. This isn't even at Disneyland in LA, the one I've been to, uh, and for some reason, really popular, and that is what Frat Matt would pick. So good answer on that. You, you made me do research. I did not know who this character was, so... Thank you. I now know more. And I, I always feel empowered when I know more. I'm like, ah, has more knowledge in my mind. Thank you for that. This next answer comes to us from Twitter and the Uncorked Gamers. Dan says, a Pegasus. Easily writable, traffic passing alternative, and the views. And that would be really cool. You know, you can get to work really early. Pegasus is supposed to be very smart, so you can just go, hey, go home, come back at, you know, 530 when I'm off. Don't have to worry about traffic. Don't have to worry about parking. Uh, do you want to listen to music? Okay, just wear headphones and and that's it. You can you can still do that. You don't have to pay for gas. You just have to buy, like, what, horse feed or something? How, how expensive can that be? And even if it is more expensive per, like, gallon than gas, at least you don't have to pay for upkeep, so you're not going to get the horse a new engine. So that is a good answer. And to one of my favorite answers, we turn to Brian Q. I say favorite because I never, ever would have picked this, just because it wouldn't have come to my mind. He says, Titan. A Titan. That's right. Titans, if you don't remember, were what came before the more popular Greek gods like uh, Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, Hades. In fact, Zeus, Poseidon, Hades are brothers. Uh, they were children of Cronus or Cronus, one of the one of the big Titans. So before there were the Greek gods, we had the 12 Titans. Atlas, the one who holds up the Earth, was a Titan. So I think that could be a pretty interesting um, companion or pet? Like, if the place you live doesn't allow pets, good luck hiding that. And also, how quickly could you become a super villain if you had a titan as a pet? Just going, hey, um, if you don't do what I want, my pet's gonna, like, destroy everything. So, give me everything I ever wanted and more. So, you know what, Brian? If you ever do get that pet, just, just remember us little guys. We, we want to ask for stuff, too. Next up, let's turn to our answers from Instagram. The first one comes from Jessica G. And by the way, if you would rather me call you by your handle on Instagram, let me know. I'm just calling you the same name Watch Your Mouth calls you. So if you wanted something different, just let me know. But she says, definitely a dragon. Like Sephira from the Inheritance Cycle books, I'd want to be able to communicate with the dragon if I had one. 
And thank you for clarifying which dragon you were thinking of, because that is a that is a loaded answer just because there's so many different versions. You could go for like a Game of Thrones slash Harry Potter kind of dragon where they're huge and unwieldy. You can go for a, uh, a Hobbit kind of dragon where he's kind of a dick, but intelligent. But no, you went for the Inheritance series that this, of course, is the uh, series of books written by Christopher Poloni. Poloni? Hold on, let me look that up. Paolini. Christopher Paolini. And for the other listeners out there, if you're not familiar with this series, it's what the Aragon series was called. Look at that. He has a new series he's starting, Tales from Allegasia. Book one came out last year. Oh, interesting. I should give that a shot. But anyway, Jessica G, thank you. Good answer. And I like how how you saying that, like from this series, kind of combines what Vegan Dan from the Encore Gamers said about Pegasus. It can be it could be used as a vehicle in a way. And just like in Aragon, they rode the dragons, kind of like Dragon Riders of Pern by um Anne McCaffrey. That's it. And even the Shannara series by Terry Brooks had some dragon riders for a while in it. I think it was during the Gerald Shannara arc. But thank you again for your answer. We also got an answer on Instagram from Rai Rai, Rai Wizard. Instead of going with a dragon, which he said was too obvious, he says a chimera. So for this one, we go back to the Greeks. This is a, a creature from Greek mythology, a fire-breathing monster with a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. Like there have been other versions of chimeras in other fantasy books, but this chimera, that, that description is the is the original. I've seen different interpretations of a chimera in other uh in other books and video games I've played, but the original chimera, probably the one uh Rye uh, Wizard is talking about, is the one from Greek mythology. And I believe that was the last answer outside of this household. So let me just double check. Nothing in the email, nothing on the website, Facebook page. Okay, we're good. Well, thank you everyone for the answers. That Those are the most answers we've had. Nope. Actually, there's one more. I almost forgot. My friend Evan replied. Thank you, Anne, for pointing that out that I almost forgot him. And Evan says, I would go with, I think, a phoenix. And to that, I also like that answer. So good answer. We haven't had any bad answers. Thank you for listening too, by the way. But here's my question about the phoenix. Which phoenix? Okay, because depending on which phoenix you picked, what you could do would definitely change. So Jessica G said definitely which dragon she'd use. So that helped out a lot. But for Evan, for you, I would like to know which phoenix. Because if you went with a Harry Potter phoenix, you can, you know, fly around with it as long as you can hang on. Uh, what what else? It's tears have healing properties and can also cure paralysis. And uh, it stays loyal, really loyal to you, I think. Or you can go with one of the many phoenixes from the Final Fantasy series. See if you go with like Phoenix from Final Fantasy VII, if you have it with you. Okay, to be honest, you have to have the materia equipped in the game. But let's just say you can have it with you. Like you die, it auto brings you back, which was always a great combo because you could you could link Final Strike, Last Strike, Final Strike, whatever that was, and Phoenix. So you'd get killed, but you do one last hit, summon the Phoenix, and you're back. Or you can just go with a basic. Final Fantasy Phoenix, where just the down feathers can bring people back to life? Or would you just go for the traditional Phoenix, uh, which just comes back after it dies? It's born from the ashes of its predecessor. So unlike in the Harry Potter universe, when it's the same Phoenix just being reborn in Greek mythology, it's a different Phoenix 
born from the ashes of the previous one. So that's something to think about. So get back to me on that. Ooh, something I just uh, saw on the Wikipedia. It says that the life the lifespan of the phoenix is supposed to be 500 years. So every 500 years, it would poof. So you may never see your phoenix, you know, poof and and uh, rise from the ashes. Your kids may not even see it. Your grandkids may not even see it. Your great great grandkids may, may not even see it. Okay, well, enough about phoenixes. Let's get on to the answers from this household. And didn't have an answer. She just says she wants cats. And we have cats, so I guess, yay. And now for my answer. I, I was originally going to say a rock. You know, ROC, that uh, bird that's so big it can blot out the sun and pick up elephants. That's so big it can pick up elephants and then drop them to kill them and eat them. And supposedly it's it's feathers when it fall causes tornadoes. I thought that would be really cool. But then I thought about it, and I thought... A kitsune would be really cool. So uh, this comes from Japanese folks folklore and they're foxes that are very intelligent and possess magical abilities, but can also shapeshift into people. They're known as tricksters and you're, you're basically not to trust them. But of course, based on the rules of the question of the week, they would obey you. They'd be loyal and friendly. So that'd be pretty cool. And just think of how much help they could be. Like you didn't, you missed a day of work. You're going to be in trouble. The send the trickster in to do something like, oh, pretend to be the doctor. Send the doctors. No, do something. Just maybe even cause mischief because you're bored. I don't know. Do something awesome. And also foxes are adorable. I view foxes that if a dog and a cat were crossed, because they kind of look like small dogs and they're super playful and cute like cats. So yes, please. I will take one of those. All right, everyone. Let's think about the next question of the week. And I usually rely on the movies that came out for my question. But I'm I'm not sure if I can come up with a good question with some of these. Oh, actually, that's an idea. Okay, so a Medea family funeral is coming out. We know that Tyler Perry is retiring the Medea character after this film. So I don't know if I've asked a question like this or not, because uh, there's some questions that I I never wrote down, so I, I can't review them all to see if I've asked this or not. So if I have, maybe come up with a new answer or just answer the same way you did if you've answered it already. Uh, so here's my question. I had to pause and uh, Anne helped me put this together because I, I couldn't quite get it right. I couldn't get it out. So here's what we came up with. Which character or character trope do you wish would retire? If that's a little confusing, let me explain it this way. So which character do you wish would retire? So that could be James Bond. It could be John McClane. It could be Hercule Poirot. Maybe it's one of the characters from a Marvel or DC series that you just don't want to see in movies anymore. What specific character would you like to see retired? If you can't think of one, or you would rather answer the other part of the question, which character trope do you wish would be retired? So if you don't know what character tropes are, you can Google it, but just be prepared to do a lot of reading because there are a ton of character tropes. There are things like um, the damsel in distress, the chosen one, the gentle giant, the mystical foreigner. So to say the question once again, which character or character trope do you wish would be retired? Well, my future friends, that is it for this episode. That's been episode 124 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Uh, Since the Oscars just happened, maybe I should do the flickies. Maybe. We'll see. I'm still not certain I saw enough movies last year to have it be a worthwhile episode. So either I'll do another episode for the Future Flicks Awards, a separate one, or 
in episode 125 or 126, I'll just go, oh, by the way, this is what I think was best picture, worst picture, and just say them briefly. Well, let us jump into the closing housekeeping. I'll send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network so you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I'd personally love five stars. I'd consider it a favor. And then share the podcast. That's how we grow here. Share the podcast with your friends. Go, hey, friend, you like movies. Here's a podcast you should listen to about movies. And then leave a comment. Comment on something I said. Answer the question of the week. Ask me a question. Give me a movie recommendation. And how do you reach me to comment or to answer the question of the week? Well, here we go. You can hit me up on the Facebook page, the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page, that is, on the Somewhat Nerdy website. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter, at BilliamSWN. And then same handle for Instagram, at BilliamSWN. And you can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And also, please consider becoming a patron of the network. We are on Patreon. Link is in the show notes. Link is in the uh, is on the website, all over the website. We have two tiers, a dollar and five dollars. For a dollar, I mean, thank you. It's uh, much appreciated. And for five dollars, you can, if I remember right... Once a month, you can have someone on one of the Somewhat Nerdy shows, be it me on this show or anyone on Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle, have one of them say something, you know, within reason. If if it's like offensive or disgusting, we may not say it. I ask you to repick. You know what? Plug your own stuff. If you do have your own podcast, you have a blog. Anyway, please consider, you know, and if you don't want to, still, thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Mouth Podcast, great friends of the show. Also check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all, all of my latest blogs and all the latest blogs from the rest of the nerds. Finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billy from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.